May mercy and grace and peace be yours from God our Father through his Son, his only Son, the Epiphany Savior. Amen. This is pretty obvious. It's hard to get to the Super Bowl. And I don't mean buying or scoring a ticket. $9,000 was what I saw, which is a huge challenge. I mean the battle to be the best. Off-season training, pre-season camp, in-season competition with injuries and upsets, post-season playoffs, but to remain with the kickoff at 5.30 this afternoon. It's hard to get to the Super Bowl, and it will be hard for one team to finally lift the Vince Lombardi trophy tonight, while the rest of us sit on our sofas, eating and drinking and trying our hardest to win the halftime trivia contest. No. The Super Bowl is not hard. It's only a game, and even though I hope that the Kansas City Chiefs, I pull for the Midwestern teams when in doubt, that nothing will really change at all in your life or in mine if Kansas City or Philadelphia is the champion. Discipleship is what is hard. Being a follower of Christ is hard. It's really, really hard because it's not a game. It's a matter of spiritual life or spiritual death. May the Holy Spirit give us attentive ears and expectant hearts this day to ponder the word of God and to hear the gospel, but particularly with this odd theme, how not to murder your brother. People God dearly loves. I'll be honest with you, I almost took the easy way out and preached on Paul and Apollos, watering and planting and being God's workers, his field, his building. But Matthew 5 challenged me as a pastor. Who does Jesus speak to? Murderers, adulterers, amputators, divorcers, swearers. He speaks to us. He speaks to you. He speaks to me. I'll back up just a little bit because this is what we heard last Sunday, also from Matthew 5, also in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the law or the prophets, but to fulfill them until heaven and earth pass away. Not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. And this final verse from last Sunday again. Today I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. That's what Jesus said 2,000 years ago. That's what Jesus says today. It's the same truth. The law must be kept. It must be kept completely. And Jesus says, I am the perfect law keeper. God demands righteousness. And Jesus says once more, I am the fully righteous one. Through me, you enter the kingdom of heaven. Through me, you live under the gracious reign of God. Now we can breathe easier. Now we can read and heed the Sermon on the Mount as gospel. For Jesus is teaching then, as he is teaching now, the new behavior 
of those given a new identity. Jesus was teaching then, and he is teaching now, that his disciples, it's not about attempting to attain a goal, but being blessed to live with a gift already given. I hope you hear that, because that's a good thing. I need to hear it too, but let's go on. When I began studying this text last Tuesday, I wondered, how can I preach all of this, 21 to verse 2, verse 37, how can I preach all of this in less than 15 minutes? I decided that I can't. The good news is, it will be less than 15 minutes, because I'm only going to focus on the first four verses of today's gospel with that strange title, How Not to Murder Your Brother. When you listen to the gospel a few minutes ago, I hope you notice that four times in these verses, particularly uh, for the gospel reading, Jesus says, you have heard that it was said, and then our Lord boldly and authoritatively states four times, but I say to you. Here's what's happening. God spoke directly to Moses on Mount Sinai with the Israelites gathered as they've been freed from slavery in Egypt. Later on, he spoke to and through his prophets. In each of these ways, God gave his word, his handwritten word, to his people. But the Jewish religious leaders had decided this. The written law needed to be interpreted. Only then could God be properly understood. This became the oral tradition. And this explaining of the law was better than the written law. In Matthew 5, Jesus contradicts, no, he cancels this approach. First, he takes them back to the written word of God. But then he gives the final authoritative understanding. You have heard that it was said by your teachers and by your rabbis. But I say to you, this is what the word of God means. Then, now, always. What have they heard? That murder is prohibited. No, not by government laws but by God himself, and that a murderer stands under divine judgment and on trial before a human court. But Jesus expands the crime and the punishment. A murderer then used a club or a sword or a rope or a cup of poison. But the murder Jesus condemns isn't done only with hands. It's in the heart. It's by the mouth. If you are angry at your brother, if you insult your brother by saying, you idiot, if you thoughtlessly shout, you moron, that's actually the Greek there in verse 22, then you are judged in a human court, at the council by the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Court, ultimately by the ever-burning fire called Gehenna. So what are the followers of Christ, those given a new calling, a new identity in holy baptism? What are they called to do? Verse 23 tells us, If you are carrying your offering gift to the altar 
and remember and realize that you are carrying something else, unresolved sin, then you need to act. Your brother, your sister, your fellow disciple, your fellow church member has something against you. He has murdered you or you have murdered him. You have not forgiven her for calling you an idiot or a moron. And you may have forgiven him, but you are not yet reconciled. So stop. Stop right there. Go to your brother. Go to your sister. Ask for forgiveness. Speak forgiveness. Be reconciled. Be at peace. Do this knowing that these horizontal relationships are changed by the newness of the vertical relationship. We love because God first loved us. We forgive because God has already forgiven us. Now you can continue toward the altar, bringing your gift and offering it to God. Do any of you wonder what I wonder? On page four in your parish notes, don't, don't turn to it now, but you can check it later. It tells us that last Sunday, the disciples of Christ here at Crown of Life Lutheran Church gave $14,458 in offerings and in special gifts. Should some of those dollars have stayed in our wallets, in our purses, or in our bank accounts? Was there forgiveness of or from a brother in Christ? Was there reconciliation with a sister in Christ? And was that perhaps maybe with the people you are sitting next to in your pew? But the gifts are given because of the gifts of Christ. I said this as I began. Discipleship is hard. Being a follower of Christ is really, really hard. It's harder than trying to win the Super Bowl. But there is good news today. It is good news for you, and it is good news for me. The good news is that Jesus went to the altar of the cross for us. He carried the offering of his holiness. The good news is that Christ Jesus paid the price. He gave the gift that we could not afford. For every wrong interpretation of God's word, making it say what we wanted to say, turning it into our truth instead of God's truth, for every murder, for every hateful thought, for every spiteful shout of fool or idiot or moron, for every husband unfaithful to his wife, by his lusting for another woman, for every sinful lingering with the eyes, for every hand reaching out to touch what is not hers to take or what is not his, for every divorce chosen for anything less than adultery, for every false swearer and trivial oath taker, 
for all of these, for all of us. Our Lord Jesus went to the cross. For all of these, for all of us, he suffered and he bled. For all of these, for all of us, Jesus stood before the judge to pay the final penny for our imprisonment by guilt. For all of these, for all of us, our Savior won complete and freeing forgiveness. For all of these, for all of us, our Savior bestows the gift of his perfect righteousness, which far exceeds in quantity and in quality the false righteousness of ancient and modern scribes and Pharisees. Jesus gets the final word today. He always should. He says, the law will remain, but it will not change until all is accomplished. And everything is accomplished. That is what I have done. It is finished by my death and by my resurrection on the third day. I am not only the perfect law keeper, I am the perfect new life giver as I call you to follow me into my kingdom. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.